What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York Podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
<clears throat> okay. Hey, good evening, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTuber, host with the most, creator, misunderstood, misunderstood lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster from Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging with the 194th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast. A, a safe space for comedy and various topics involving entertainment news, music news, alongside with um, real life, along with a little mental health and a little bit of um, a little bit of New York mass transit. And and much more. So, live and direct from StreamYard and alongside with um, YouTube. And aside of myself is the Instagram live feed. Make sure you turn your notifications so you can know when each episode is going to be dropping. Um, and if you miss any any new and previous episodes, um, if you're new to the channel, don't worry, everything is uploaded and posted to the YouTube channel page of, of um, G Money Stacks 555 is where you can grab that subscribe button for me. Tap that note, you know, any bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Um, leave a like and a comment along with the episodes, with the topics. And um, of course, more video content upcoming episodes and previous episodes along with the topics that's going to be discussed and i'll handle the rest of the i'll handle the rest of the uh the audio streaming platforms of where you can listen and stream these episodes at the end of the show so first and foremost first and foremost um Let's get into a little mass transit right here. The New York mass transit files right here. Let's do this. Okay, first and foremost, first and foremost, um, all right, so we have Rockaway Polls advocates call for a rare link instead of mayor's proposed queensway park well here's what's happening here residents of the rockaway peninsula are incensed at the adams administration's decision to fund a linear park along a long disused rail spur in queens and say the right right away should be used as a new subway connection for some of the city's most aggrieved strap hangers supporters of the queen's link proposal gathered on the rockaway beach ball october 9th to voice their support on for what they what they say would be a game-changing project for the peninsula's residents but is in danger of being co-signed to the dustbin of history the project would extend the m train 
south from Regal Park along the abandoned Rockaway Beach branch rail line, eventually connecting with the A train to provide an additional line of subway service to the peninsula. Not sure how that's going to work, but this is a project that checks all the boxes, said Andrew Lynch. Oh, gosh. Can you just pick a better last name than that? The chief design officer of Queenslink at the rally. It's only 3.5 miles, but it would do so much for so many people. Um, in August, a group of 15 local polls, including Queensborough President Donovan Richards, U.S. Representative Gregory Meeks, three state senators, six assembly members, and two council members signed a letter to Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Kathy Hochul requesting an environmental impact study for the Queens Link, deeming the project as crucial for central and southern Queens, as the governor's um, proposed interborough express would be for Brooklyn and western Queens. But the polls and advocates were left disappointed last month when the mayor announced $35 million in funding for the Queensway, a, a rival project that would um, convert the disused rail corridor into a linear park running from Regal Park down to Ozone Park. Hmm. Um, we, we all celebrate the use of Central Park, his Zona said at the announcement last month. Well, this park is going to be the center of the lives of this area, the, this community, so they can enjoy the open space that we have here. Um, Queensway supporters were thrilled by the announcement, which concerns the first phase of the project at the Metropolitan Hub near Forest Park. Karen um, Imus, a member of Friend of the Queensway's steering committee, says the project will bring much needed green space to central Queens. Um, and uh, this is a once in a generation project for Queens, Imus said in an interview. This is a modern green greenway where there has been very little park um, investment. Imus touted benefits for the environment, small businesses and pedestrians and cyclists as selling points for the Greenway and noted the support of groups like Transportation Alternatives and the New York League of Conservation Voters. More to the point, she says that the project is shovel ready on a far more immediate timeline than would be the Queenslink. We want to bring these benefits to Central Queens in the near term and create an urban game-changing project for the borough and the community, Imus continued. But Queenslink supporters disagree, particularly those from Rockaway whose residents enjoyed the longest average commute times of anyone across the five boroughs. State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli found in a report released last month. Both Queensway and Queenslink 
partisans claim to be the true champions of equity for residents of the world's borough and both argued that there's there's is the community's true desire but queens linkers say their position is inher inherently a comp compromise as their proposal also accommodates parkland in quote we're not against parks and we're not against puppies um but we are against those who would stand in the way of equity lynch said there are a lot of people a lot of politicians who talk about equity but this is the perfect kind of project where you could put your money where your mouth is city councilwoman selvina brooks powers who reps the peninsula's eastern and and chairs the council's transportation committee um deemed rockaway a, a transit desert where residents are often stranded waiting for trains which ultimately ferry them on a long island um arduous commute this is not merely a train conversion this is not a this is a this is not a merely this is not merely a train conversation sorry um brooks power said it's a transportation conservation conserv conversation sorry it's an equity conversation assembly member stacy pfeiffer um a model who reps most of the peninsula in albany went so far as to declare mary adams was misinformed about what the community is in favor of and said she is lobbying the administration to change course i think unfortunately that our mayor was misinformed five um a model said um i don't think he was given the information about the, what the people want and i know i'm i'm gonna make sure he hears that message from me personally and i called immediately to the mayor's office to let him know how i felt about the that groundbreaking and what i'm supporting a spokesperson for the mayor's for the mayor disputed the notion that the mayor was misinformed and touted the support of a number of local elected um including city councilwoman lynn shulman sent state senate um leroy um comrie and assembly members david um weperin and Je jennifer um raj kumar the the metropolitan transportation authority included the queens link on its most recent 20-year capital needs assessment after previously reporting in 2019 that a subway extension along the spur could cost up to 8.1 billion dollars queenslink later countered with its own study finding the proposal would cost up to 3.7 billion dollars the mta is in there is in the in the thoroughs of conducting an environmental review for the transit project said the mayor mayoral spokesperson charles um, lutvac iman says that the high cost engineering challenges 
An unclear timeline should settle the argument in favor of the Queen's way. I think there's also a reality around this project in terms of the benefits this project could bring today. Shovel ready, I'm said. And I think after 60 years, that has to be looked at with a heavy, with, with, excuse me, with a very real analysis. Um, well, um, I don't really have too much of an opinion on this, but I know there's some mixed mixed thoughts about this. So, um, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm not really sure how to react to this, but, um, anyways. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, let me see what else. Um, what else can we talk about here? Oh, transit in New York City continues to lag. Let's get into that. Okay. Um, continues to lag. Do I even have this? Make sure I have it. Make sure I have this shit though. Oh, here it is. Here it is. All right. Um. Okay, transit ridership in the Big Apple continues to languish at around sixty percent of pre-pandemic levels, even as car and air travel have rebounded almost completely to before times rates. According to a new report from City Comptroller Brad Lander, average weekday subway ridership in September stood at 61% of the average um, recorded in September 2019, according to the Comptroller's monthly economic and fiscal outlook for September. Ridership on MTA buses and Metro North commuter uh, railroad were both at 64% of pre slamdemic uh ridership while the long island railroad stands at 66 percent mta honchos have taught it growing post slamdemic ridership numbers showing an increasing return of riders to the system subway set a COVID era record of 3.88 million riders on september 21st um but the good times may cease to roll when looking at other st- um, statistics in Landers' report. Automobile commutes have almost completely rebounded to 2019 levels with passage- passages through bridges and tunnels in September at 99% of their numbers in the same month of 2019. As the city's employment reaches near pre-slamdemic levels, the shift away from public transportation to personal vehicles put puts our commitment to reducing transportation emissions in reverse. In addition to heightened level of traffic violence has set 2022 to be the deadliest of New York City streets in nearly a decade, Landis said in a statement to AM New York Metro. If if we are truly committed to a post-landemic recovery that prioritizes the needs of all New Yorkers, we must seriously look at ways 
robust mass transit system through congestion pricing to get people back on the trains and buses while strength strengthening the dangerous vehicle abatement program to deter reckless driving the comptroller continued also nearly fully recovered is air travel into and out of the big apple um passenger um passenger volume at new york area airports um airports last month was just six percent below the same month in 2019. in fact air travel in the new york metropolitan area is recovering faster than the national average national average where passenger volume stands nine percent below pre-slandemic numbers in july the number of passengers traveling internationally to and from new york new york airports crossed the four million mark for the first time since the summer of 2019. the main reason for on languishing weekday ridership is the rise of working from home mta chair general lieber has said with so many former office employees now firmly entrenched in the work from home lifestyle those who once dutifully rode the train to an office in midtown manhattan have attuned themselves to filing quarterly earnings reports wearing pizza stained sweatpants damn that's crazy man also notable week weekend ridership is at a, um, a substantially higher pre-slam demo proportion than its weekday counterpart this past saturday october 8th subway ridership stood at 73.4 percent of a comparable day in 2019. the next day it was at 72.1 percent that suggests New Yorkers working from home are choosing to take mass transit to, to their non-work activities, the MTA says, even if they no longer engage in a daily commute. Where people go where people go on their commute may also have seen a change. Earlier this year, the MTA released data showing that in some residential working class areas of the city, particularly in the boroughs, transit ridership had rebounded to pre-slandemic levels. In some places, it had even exceeded. The most notable lag has come in office districts with lots of white-colored workplaces, though passenger numbers at those stations are growing. Most of the right, most of the recent ridership surge is attributed to white collar workers returning to their offices um, more frequently along with tourism and school reopenings Lieber said at the MTA board September meeting but I never want to forget the blue collar and essential worker neighborhoods which I which have continued to rely on mass transit right through the slamdemic and have grown back to much higher levels than everywhere else transit leadership has warned that lagging ridership could result in financial calamity 
once 15 billion dollars of pandemic relief funds runs run out which is expected to take place in 2024 in the absence of revitalized ridership or other new streams of funding the authority could be forced to make painful service cuts lay off employees or raise fares in order to cover its multi-billion dollar deficit to lure to lure riders back to the system the authority has tried schemes like fare capping where Twelve rides paid for via Omni, which is one Metro New York. Um, strap hangers can get on the train for free for the rest of the week. The in the longer term, Honchos hope to finally implement congestion pricing below 60th Street in Manhattan, which they estimate will bring in billions in new annual revenue. If it goes to plan, the tolls, which could reach up to $23 will reduce auto automobile traffic in Manhattan's central business district and increase reliance on a transit system nearly flush with cash. Okay, let me say something about this before I go on to the next one, man. You, ex I don't know if, I don't know about you, but these people expect every single person to to actually get back into riding the, riding the trains and stuff. When you have all these subway crimes going on, which I'm going to talk about in a future episode, in future episodes whatsoever, probably not going to have time to talk about today. But the thing is, people still not comfortable taking subway. I hate to say this. I hate to say this shit, but at the same time, like you hear people getting pushed to the, you even hear somebody getting pushed to the tracks by Jacks by Roosevelt Avenue, Jackson Heights, when the person's phone got knocked out. Then you have somebody who gets who gets stabbed with a sword, which I will talk about in a future episode whatsoever. And you know, until things until things starts to be starts to be safe or whatever. I don't think anybody's going to come back to mass transit at this point, though, man, to be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? This is fucking insane, man. Like, seriously, like, like, on a real, like, you got to do, you got to do better, man. You have to do better. I hate to say this. I hate to say this, man. You got to do better, man. For real, for real. Um, Yeah. <laughs> um all right so now that i got that out the way let me let me get to um let me get to this other thing um okay um forget amazon ring um Okay, what is a Amazon ring? I'm not gonna touch this subject right off the back, but um 
Um, okay. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. All right, let's get into a little thing that I like to call chatting on the jazz right here, man. Let's do this. Okay, we have an incident that we need to get to. Um, we got an incident that we need to get to in this episode. Um, hold on a minute here. Okay, so we have a hold on a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, we have an incident in new york city in regards to a gunman who shot four people caused one fatality in broad daylight so four people were shot one fatality by a pair of gunmen on a scooter in a broad daylight attack in queens on sunday cops said the suspects fired at the victims around 1 30 p.m in front of 95 that's 2341st Avenue in Elmhurst, police said. The fatal victim, 28-year-old Edwin um, Nola, was right outside his home when he was riddled with bullets, cops said. According to the NYPD, he was shot multiple times through the body and was pronounced dead at the scene. The three other victims were taken to Elmhurst Hospital in stable condition. A 29-year-old man suffered bullet wounds to the left arm and cheek. A 36-year-old man was shot in the left hand and a 32-year-old man was struck in the torso, police said. Um, and of course, no arrest has been made by Monday afternoon, and it remained unclear whether all the men were the intended targets. The motive for the violence also remained unknown. Okay, let's get to another story. Um, hold on a minute. Uh, okay. Okay, wait a second. Um, okay, let me see what else. Um, okay, here's what we got here. All right, um, what we have here is okay, so. All right. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I like this idea of having one of those um one of those self-driving self-driving cars though, man. But and I bring this up because um so according to TechCrunch um motional launches auto Autonomous Hyundai I O N 
IQ fives on Lyft Network in Las Vegas. Most know the Aptiv Hyundai joint venture that's working to commercialize autonomous um, driving technology has launched its new all-electric um, Ionic five-base robo-taxi for driverless ride hail operations on the Lyft network in Las Vegas. The news follows years of collaboration between the two companies in Las Vegas. The launch of the Ionics, which marks the turnover of Motional's fleet of BMW-based AVs, is right on schedule. Motional and Lyft said last November that they would aim to start transporting passengers using the Hyundai vehicles in the city of Sin by the second of second half of 2022 with a full scale full scale commercial launch set for 2023 similar to Motional's autonomous ride hailing service that the company launched with via in February, riders will not be charged for autonomous lift rides. The companies are mutually focused on rider feedback, said a company spokesperson. The spokesperson also noted that Motional has a permit to conduct fully driverless testing anywhere in Nevada. Um, and that Motional and Lyft will secure the appropriate permits to start conducting commercial rides in fully driverless vehicles ahead of the launch in 2023. The, the Nevada Department of Motor Vehicles has not responded to TechCrunch's request for clarification on what permits those might be, but a spokesperson from the department previously told TechCrunch the state is working on draft, drafting new, legisla new legislation around AVs. Nevada's current legislation doesn't make a distinction between testing or operating AVs with a human safety operator on board or without, nor does it include specific language around commercializing robo-taxi or autonomous delivery. Motional did not share how many Ionics, Ionic 5s uh, will be deployed in Las Vegas, but the company did say it will continue to expand its fleet over the course of 2022 as it gears up for its commercial launch, commercial launch next year. I don't know if the, I don't know how safe that shit is, but <laughs> I don't know, man. This is very, very alarming right there. Very alarming right there, though. Um, I don't know. Okay, any Lyft rider in Las Vegas can request a motional AV. According to the spokesperson, there will be two vehicle operators present in the front seats. Uh, presume, presume, presumably, one behind the steering wheel in case uh, a human needs to take over and one in the passenger seat to record data and observations. The service route is focused on high traffic and popular dis destinations. Along the Vegas Strip, 
and will only be available during daytime hours, which is fair when one considers that not many AV systems are trained to spot and avoid drunk hooligans vomiting on the street. Customers who order a robo-taxi ride can use the Lyft app to unlock the doors of the autonomous, autonomous, excuse me, Ionix. While inside the vehicle, riders can interact with an in-ride display that allows them to start the ride or contact customer, customer support. Many of the features within the vehicles come from years of testing and rider feedback from over 100,000 rides over the last four years, according to Motional. Motional has said for a time that it plans to expand to other major U.S. cities after commercially launching in Las Vegas, but the company hasn't said which other cities it is targeting. Like 47 other companies, Motional has a permit to test its driverless technology in California, um, a state that has become a key battleground for companies like Cruise and Waymo. Indeed, in May, Motional began um, a delivery pilot with Uber Eats in Santa Monica. And in July, the company expanded its autonomy autonomous um testing in san diego however emotional might look further afield for less competition late last year emotional began increasing public road testing in its hometown of boston and in order to really stand out amongst the competition putting an av service on the icy streets of new england might be just the right challenge I don't know, man. This doesn't sound safe to me, man. You know what I mean? This doesn't sound really safe. I'm not sure how many people would actually buy into this shit, but um, I don't know. And speaking of technology, man, um, let's talk about this Amazon Ring for a second. Hold on. Yeah, let's talk about this Amazon Ring for a second. I didn't even... I knew about this since the Nick Cannon show before it went up before it went off the air though now amazon ring um i don't know how you now hold on a second trying to figure out what this what this is about though what it is like what is it you know what i mean um so okay so let me just go into a little something something um okay the so this is the Amazon Ring. So in, so the Ring video doorbell is Amazon's latest infiltration into Americans' everyday lives. And even though it offers custom, customers convenience and a sense of security, it's also attracting scrutiny. Oh, shit. Amazon already dominates how we shop for goods online. Its web service services arm is the backbone of numerous um, internet companies and its prime video and music services um, are ang angling to become primary ways we watch and listen to media. To media, as it 
as its influence has expanded. Amazon has become a political and social flashpoint facing accusations from politicians, activists, and its own sellers that it relies on monopolistic <laughs> monopolistic um, e-commerce practices that it mistreats its workers that it doesn't pay enough in taxes um, and that its relationship with immigration and customs enforcement and um, palatier uh, facilitates human rights abuses at the U.S. southern border. Now, now the company's ring cameras are stoking fears that the e-commerce giant is is further um, encroaching on people's privacy as ring turns neighborhoods into surveillance operations and profits from the false perception that crime is on the rise. Um. So let's see. Uh, yes. Uh, um, yeah, the company's social media app where users can share the surveillance their devices record has been shown to exacerbate racial stereotypes and um, profile. Um, cr critics view Ring's growing partnerships with local police departments as self-serving in a way for a private company to use the public sector taxpayer money to promote its own interests. So what exactly is Ring anyway? So actually, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. So Amazon Ring, not even sure. Anyway, man, let me let me see, man, because this is this is just about crazy. Um, this is crazy. Um, I didn't really think this was going to really happen. Now, um, let me see. Okay, 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 okay. Now I know what this. Now I know. Okay, there it is. Um, an Amazon. Okay, so to install an Amazon Ring. Okay. Yes. Uh, here is it. Here. Yeah. Let me just continue where I left off. Anyway. So. Anyway. So. Uh, Yeah, Ring is a smart security device company. It's best known for its video doorbell, which allows Ring users to see, talk to, and record people who come to their doorsteps. Acquired by Amazon for $839 million in early 2018. The company sells Wi-Fi-enabled products that integrate with its social media app called Neighbors. <laughs> where users can post videos of suspicious activity and crimes outside their front doors, as well as view posts from other people within a five-mile radius. Hmm. Ring's low-cost security devices are part of the fastest-growing segment of smart devices, with shipments expected to grow about 21% every year through 2023 according to the market research firm IDC. Ring says it has millions of users worldwide, but wouldn't provide a specific number. 
The devices are meant to deter theft, which conveniently also protects Amazon's e-commerce's e-commerce business from losses on stolen packages. Um, for full access to range capabilities on top of device, uh, device cost users pay a subscription fee that ranges from $30 to $100 annually. What does it's, it's social media app neighbors do? If you install a Ring device, you are automatically enrolled in its neighbor's social media app. People without Ring devices can also use the app where they can anonymously read or post using video or not about crime, safety, suspicious activity, and lost pets within five miles of their home. The app also alerts users to real-time 911 call data as well as content from its own news team. Posts largely, largely discuss suspicious people and stolen Amazon packages, and people often post video footage alongside commentary. Train Trained moderators attempt to remove racist posts, plant, but plenty of examples of racial profiling persist, of, persist on the app. A vice review of Ring user, user posts around its Brooklyn headquarters found that the majority of those reported as suspicious were people of color. Um, Neighbors is one of, the, uh, one of those several increasingly popular fear-based social media apps whose focus on crime gives people the mistaken perception that crime is increasing, despite actual crime being at its lowest rate in decades. Hacking and, sec hacking and security on Ring. Ring devices have been uh, the subject of um, a series of high-profile um, hacks, including one in which a man used a family's ring to harass an eight-year-old girl in her bedroom in Mississippi. The company has stated that the hacks were in no way related to a breach or, or compromise of Ring security, but were rather the result of people reu reusing compromised passwords that hackers exploited to gain access to Ring devices. The hacks have led um, consumer groups to issue a product warning telling people not to buy the devices um, consumers in turn have filed multiple class action lawsuits against the company saying negligence on rings part led to hackers gaining access to their devices. Um, Ring has suggested that consumers use new passwords or enable two-factor auth auth authentication to prevent such hacks. While two-factor authentication is available on the devices, a process that would require users to provide an extra piece of information, like a passcode from their phones. Um, in order to gain access to the cameras, Ring is not making it mandatory for existing users because the company said it would it would cause um, mass lo logouts. Two-factor auth authentication 
authentication will now be the default for new users who will have to opt out if they don't want to you want to no if they don't want the, the service excuse me ring has also unveiled a privacy dashboard that will go into effect later this month uh, that makes it easier for users to control their security settings in one place in the dashboard users will now be able to see who is logged in and log them out uh, of course uh, democratic senator uh, ron wyden who co-wrote a letter in november 2019 prior to the hacks asking ring to detail its security measures doesn't believe the new measures go far enough ring security could also be jeopardized um from within as part of the response to the senator ring stated that four employees had improperly accessed ring doorbell footage and has since been terminated ring did not specify what sort of information they'd gotten or why more recently the electronic frontier foundation found that the ring neighbors app sends um personally unidentifiable um information including a unique identifier code your mobile your mobile carrier your device's ip address to analytics and marketing companies as well as facebook it's not clear what these third party trackers are doing with the information how rings um police partnership works as of the beginning of january ring has partnered with certain 70 police departments in the u.s and it's continuing to expand this network amazon's um head of devices and services dave limp told wired i'm proud of that program and i think we'll continue to use it one moment um okay if anything we're putting more resources on it partnerships give police a direct portal through which they can request video from ring users in the event of an active nearby crime investigation ring users are not required to give video to police and their identities are kept secret but amazon has been coaching police on how to more successfully give video from ring users without a warrant according to vice um cnet reported excuse me that for more than a year ending in july 2019 rings police partners had access to a map that could be zoomed into uh street level of where ring devices were installed giving them a general idea of who might have a ring if not exact addresses um ring users who are victims of crime of course may choose to share video with police of their own rec um 
their own accord. Excuse me. These partnerships also give police departments discount on ring products, which they can extend to their communities. While on the surface, that could seem like a plus for citizens. It raises issues of competitive fairness and what role private companies should play in the public um, justice system. CNET learned that ring has worked with police to try to automatically activate nearby ring video cameras in the event of a 911 call so that cops would, um, with user permission, be able to use the footage in ensuing investigations. The project isn't currently being pursued. Gizmodo reported that what police departments disclose about their partnership with Ring is written or approved by Ring. Vice reported that partnerships require police um, departments to fill Ring-defined um, positions like a partnership point to contact and community relations coordinator. Um, Ring told us it doesn't have any job requirements, but it but that it requests people. Um, Hold on a second. It requests people already in those positions to attend trainings. Critics note that all this effectively turns the police into the marketing arm of one of the most valuable um, companies in the world. As the Electronic um, Frontier Foundation recently put it this arrangement makes salespeople out of what should be impartial and trusted protectors of our civic society okay where facial recognition fits in ring has long told reporters that it doesn't use facial recognition but it has left open the possibility that it's working on that technology for future implementation the the company has filed patents to that effect and reporting from buzzfeed news found that rings ukraine arm has been working on facial recognition technology and it and that it employs a head of face recognition research the intercept reported in november 2019 that ring planned neighborhood watch lists that use facial recognition to alert uh, ring users when someone consi considered suspicious came into a ring device's view. Uh, earlier in November, of Amazon's um, vice president of public um, policy, Brian Hoosman, told Sparky that facial recognition um, capabilities in ring devices were a contemplated but unreleased feature. Most recently, Ring told senators, if our customers want these features in Ring security cameras, we will release these features only with thoughtful design, including privacy, security, and user control. And we will clearly communicate with our customers as we offer new features. Ring's competitor, Nest, which is owned by Google, already uses facial recognition in some of its cameras. Besides being just creepy, facial recognition technology has also proven faulty, especially when it comes to identifying non-white people.
Research from MIT and the University of Toronto has shown that Amazon's facial recognition technology frequently mistakes dark-skinned women for men, among other issues. Amazon has also developed its own facial recognition tech called Recognition. <laughs> which the company sells to, to, to law enforcement agencies, leading some activists to speculate that the tech may be introduced in ring surveillance cameras. Ring told Recode that it doesn't use recognition in its ring products, but declined to comment on whether it would do so in the future. As Slate's um, April Glazer pointed out, Amazon's recognition proved too, too complicated, a tool for strap police departments with outdated computers to use. Distributing that workload surveillance for now, but potentially facial recognition in the future among co consumers with ring doorbells, however, seems to be much more viable action. For good or bad, Amazon is squarely in the public spotlight these days. While many poor, no, excuse me, many people adore the convenience Amazon and its products offer more and more, they are questioning the cost. Um, yeah, so I don't know, man. Some say it might be a good product to use, and others might not. So, who knows? um let's see um yes um let me see what else can we talk about here in this episode here um let me see let me see let me see yes the reason why i named this episode nyc 24/7 is because of this story um new york city is known as many things the city of dreams or opportunities the big apple yet the the one that seems to be the most accurate is the title of the city that never sleeps no matter the time or day of the week you will find people out and about subways will be running and there will always be a train to catch recently Slingo, a website dedicated to online casino-like games, has done some research into the 24-7 cities around the world. Its goal was to determine which of the 40 biggest cities across the world has uh, was excuse me, the best for night owls. The factors that went into getting the end result was the amount of nightlife activities the amount of late night casinos how many coffee bars were open at night and how easy transportation during late hours was um slingo rated each city out of 10. the city sitting at the number one spot with a score of 8.53 out of 10 is none other than london in the united united kingdom wow London has over 1,300 nighttime attractions, 47 casinos, five coffee bars that stay open late 
and accessible nighttime transportation. London offers no shortage of fun experiences, especially for gamblers, for gamblers looking to win big at the city's many casinos. London's buses run around the, the clock while the tube system has a special schedule to accommodate Friday and Saturday nights. NYC holds the second place spot on the list with a score of 8.40 out of 10. A mere 0.13 is what distinguished first from second place. Uh, we hold seven, we hold seven, not, excuse me, seven, not, excuse me, seven, 779 nighttime attractions, 25 casinos, five coffee bars that stay open late. And of course, we have accessible nighttime nighttime transportation. NYC has buses, subways, ferries, and taxis that run constantly. Our lack of casinos left us under London, but we still have plenty of amazing attractions to see during the night. There is something for everyone in NYC. Third place spot on the list goes to Chicago, Illinois, with a score of 7.7 .7 out of 10. Chicago has 463 nighttime attractions, 23 casinos, four coffee bars that stay open late and accessible nighttime transportation. Chicago's L, red, and blue lines um, run all day and all night. The city also has the night owl bus network, which is especially um, geared towards nighttime travel. So wherever you go, you'll have a safe passage back home. Chicago is also known for having some of the best food in America. So if nighttime fun isn't your thing, maybe daytime dining will leave you feeling satisfied. Of course, if you want to check out the entire top, the entire list of top 24-7, cities and even play some games while you're at it you can you can go to this link right here um where where it's highlighted on uh, magenta on the website which is amny.com and this is pertaining to amongst among top three most vibrant cities all right so it's going to be a whole list so let me see let me see something here um yeah, there's like a whole list and shit. So I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to get through all this, but oh uh, man, damn. So Paris and Las Vegas, shit. Wow. 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 Wow, that's that's interesting. Um Las Las Vegas. Wow. Okay, I'll look that I'll look at this some other time. So let's see. Um let's see. Oh, Ridgewood, Queens. I didn't even know Ridgewood was in Queens, actually. Um, it is one of the coolest neighborhoods in the world. Three years after we named Astoria Queens as one of the coolest neighborhoods in the in the world, we've returned to Queens to crown ridgewood as the fourth coolest neighborhood on the globe for 2022 the designation is part of our annual time out index survey in which more than 
20,000 global city residents nominate their city's coolest neighborhoods. To come up with the final ranking, our global network of local editors narrowed down the selections. Ridgewood landed the top spot as the coolest neighborhood in NYC and the fourth coolest in the world um, out of 51. Hmm. Um, okay, so Ridgewood comes, Ridgewood came in behind Colonia Americana and Guadalajara, um, Mexico, which is number one. Um, um, Lisbon, Portugal, number two, and um, Cambodia, number three. So what makes a neighborhood cool? It's certainly subjective, but in our minds, it's a neighborhood that has its own distinctive flavor, that's accessible with great food and drink, has a flourishing community, and while easy to walk across, could be explored across an entire day or more. Plus, it's a neighborhood that is great for people to live, visit, and stay, and mixes up the best and the best of old and new schools um okay uh oh my god wait hold on Sorry about that. Um. Anyway, let me see. Where did I leave off? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Wait a minute here. Ridgewood certainly fits this bill. It has the diversity and local virus of Queens and the hip offerings of Brooklyn, especially, specifically, excuse me, neighboring Bushwick. It's old school meets trendy with a mix of landmark staples like Rudy's Bakery and and Gotchir Hall and Buzzy New Bars and restaurants like the Acre Evil Twin. <laughs> evil, evil fucking twin. <laughs> and Cafe Plain Air. Yes, it's changing like all... NYC neighborhoods, but it's kept its history intact with a a whopping 10 historic districts and its enduring mom and pop stores. We've delved deeper into how to spend the perfect day in Ridgewood with our neighborhood guide, which includes some of the best restaurants, shops, and spots to hit there. But in case you want a brief summary, wake up to the sunlight pouring through the windows at the nearby Bushwick Airbnb and grab a bagel and coffee at Norma's Corner Shop. From there, you want to scan the racks and shelves at OPC Buy Sell Trade, Forever Vintage, Topol's Bookstore, and Tiny um, Art Supply. Grab lunch and a flight at Evil Twin <laughs> Brewing. Or a bite from an iconic um, Rolos. Stroll along the Central Ridgewood um, Historic District. 
um, which is uh, which is Madison Street to 71st Avenue, Continental Avenue, actually, and from Fresh Pond Road over to um, on Onderdunk Avenue, <laughs> and do dinner at um, Porcelain and drinks at Julia's. Of course, don't miss the weekly Mr. Sunday parties at nowadays. <laughs> A 16,000 square foot space that acts as both a charming backyard with hammocks and picnic tables and a nightlife hotspots with dancing and a solid um, selection of beer. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's that's pretty much what's going to do for this topic right here up next um what we have here on the agenda is hang on a minute hang on on the agenda let me make sure i don't miss anything um okay um okay joe button this guy's been in hot water, actually. Um, this guy's been in hot water, actually. So let's get into it right now. Um, hang on a second. All right. So, um, so according to allhiphop.com, some some people are calling out the podcaster for promoting rape culture. Okay, once again, no, excuse me. Yeah, once again, Joe Bunn's comments um, on his podcast caused a ton of negative responses online. This time, the controversial talking head apparently joked about stealthing during sex. Um, Stealthing is the practice of removing or refuse, refusing to use a condom without telling the other sexual partner. On his show, Joe Button admitted to taking part in unprotected intercourse with women without their knowledge. Okay, that that was stupid. That was really stupid, though. <laughs> oh, man. Even I done walked into a corner and faked like I put um, a condom on before, said Joe Button before laughing. The Padded Room album creator added there are none the wiser yes i did that 1000 percent button continued that was my poor execution of my plan after i mastered it which was just bust through the lambskin <laughs> lambskin <laughs> let me go find the thinnest condom in the world he also told his co-host i used to be a sicko please don't miss represent me <laughs> oh man that's ridiculous right there man oh my lord do not take advice from that guy man that clip of joe button discussing stuffing techniques went viral countless social media users blasted button for admitting it to and or jokingly joking about a form of sexual assault against women the shade room shared button stuffing soundbite on the celebrity blogs um instagram page 
Other IG users began leaving comments calling the actions Button described on his podcast predatory behavior and a crime. Um, and Button, then Joe Button left his own comment under the Shade Room post um, about the story. The 42-year-old retired rapper wrote, y'all really want all black men in jail. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And this is according to um, what is it? 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 It looks like that. It looks like the Instagram page. Yes. So hashtag press play. Joe Button reveals that he has faked putting on a condom during on during sex on a recent episode of his podcast. The original episode has since been removed from all platforms, and a new episode has been uploaded with no audio. No word on why the episode was taken down, but fans have since taken taken to social media to question what happened, thoughts, rumors, and um. In the past, Joe Bunnan found himself in social media's crosshairs for remarks that some people perceived to be questionable, offensive, or disturbing. For example, a clip of Bunnan talking about masturbating dogs. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Oh my gosh. Spread across the internet in September 2020. Jeez. Allegations of physical abuse as well as allegations of sexual misconduct have followed Joe Button throughout a large portion of his career. However, the Love and Hip Hop alum has repeatedly insisted those accusations are false false following the most recent controversy button informed his followers that he considered making his podcast a patreon only release that means listeners would have to sign up for a paid membership in order to hear joe but the joe button podcast well not sure how not sure man and i'm not really a patreon person so i'm not gonna really i'm not gonna really do all the extra shit and and um Rory, of course, um, he has his own podcast, Rory and Mile, actually. Um, Rory Farrell, former co-host of the Joe Bunnan podcast, has admitted Joe Bunnan's recent press run is opening up old wounds. Speaking to the Juan EP is Life podcast, the media personality explained some of the things his former colleagues Kali said in his latest interviews are categorically false, which angered him all over again. As Rory told host Peter Rosenberg, he finally started to take, excuse me, to make peace with last year's epic um, destruction of the G- JBP, which included Rory getting fired on air. Rory, who confirmed they have no relationship, explained, um, I was, um, kind of over the entire thing i was very angry in the beginning don't get me wrong i was very fucking angry i was hurt i was fucked up yeah it was a really shitty time in my life personally and just business because again how how you are saying something you've built and it's and it's the biggest thing ever it's what i knew for almost seven years that stopped in the day it was definitely fucked up. Obviously, there was a personal level to the whole thing, but I did start to get over it. I can't lie. When he did the press run with the Dizza math um, thing, I kind of got re-pissed off. 
we pissed me off, of course. I'm never telling somebody they are not allowed to talk about an experience they were involved with. I'm not mad at him um, doing press runs or anything, just the things he said in it. I know he knows I, he knows are completely untrue. It just pissed me off again when I was getting, getting to a place where I was kind of over this shit, was in a place where like i don't really hate this person anymore we're still on this and your story is changing like what is going on here but i mean it is what it is what it is at this point i really don't hold crazy resentments i do wish everybody the best rory was concerned his answer sounded too political but he reiterated he genuinely wishes nothing but the best for Button and everyone involved in the show, even though he feels burned by some of the people he thought were his friends. I know people on his staff, kids, he added. I know their wives. I don't want to see the demise of them. When I see all these numbers, numbers games and all these debates and the fans being split, I wish they knew and I think from mouth two on this one, we don't want to see anyone's anybody's fucking career end. Rory also noted Button and fellow co-host Mal no longer speak, which isn't surprising. Button filed Rory in 2021 during episode 431. You want it to be one way after going off about contracts, advertisers, and money. Y'all will not continue to treat me this way, he said at the time. Y'all not going to continue to treat these people this way. Y'all take that fucking dark energy, that arrogance and entitlement somewhere else. I say all of that to say we gonna do this since Rory feels like he has so many options. Somehow he feels, he still feels he's running the show. He still feels like he has choices and options. Um, and, uh, he, he feels like he's entitled to more Rory. You are in breach of your contract. And from this point forward, you are fired and you are not welcome back, Mal. I'm, you are not welcome back. Mal, I'm the type, I'm the person that has to say that the gal of you two think you are deserving the way that I am. The JBP has continued on without Rory and Mal while Rory and Mal started their own podcast separate of Button called the new Rory and Mal. Yeah, I did check out their podcast as well, man. They're pretty decent, man. I'd rather listen to them over, over the Joe Button podcast, man. He's just too fucking arrogant for me. He's just too arrogant for me right there, man. And I, <laughs> Yeah, man. So I'm just like... What the hell is going on here, man? And let's see what else. What else we got to talk about here? Um, let's see. Um, what else can we talk about here? Um, <laughs> okay, Pistol Pete Davidson. Hold on a minute here, Pistol Pete Davidson, as Michael Rappaport would put it. <laughs> Oh man! So for a short while, the attention was finally off um, Pistol Pete Davidson and his relationship with Kim Kardashian. 
post breakup. Instead, fans were talking about Pistol Pete Davidson's new ad campaign for Taco Bell. In truth, it isn't the first time Taco Bell is making the headlines for their work alongside celebs. Of course, Lil Nas X became the, the, the chief impact officer. However, on the flip side, as well as will reveal in the following, Taco Bell has also faced some heat from celebs like 50 Cent, who sued the fast food establishment for using his name without consent. We'll have more on that later. Um, let's see. Um, there's more to this actually. So for now, we'll discuss the feedback um um Pete Davidson is getting from the fans for his Taco Bell um commercial and why the fast food restaurant hired the comedian in the first place. The apology ad campaign was a clever way for Taco Bell to say, we're sorry. The fast food establishment is simplifying their breakfast menu and getting rid of some complicated items. In order to do so, Taco Bell picked Pete Davidson for the campaign. Um, at the moment, fans aren't exactly thrilled with the decision and outcome. It was a storm on platforms. Uh, it was a storm on platforms. Excuse me. Hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah, it was a storm on platforms like Reddit with fans bashing Davidson's involvement. Gizmodo highlighted some of the worst comments. <laughs> um, One fan writes, I'm, I'm a super hardcore Taco Bell fan, which is why I'm here. <laughs> Laugh out loud. But... Even even then, the Pete Davidson ad with him talking with his mouth full is absolutely absolutely repulsive, um, and makes me want to not eat there. Yeah, all right. Fans were particularly none too pleased with the part that features Pete Davidson eating with his mouth full, according to lots of lots of the reviews. This makes people want to avoid the fast food establishment instead. Interestingly enough, on Taco Bell's YouTube channel, um, cuts out the part of Davidson chewing and talking. Perhaps they heard the backlash from the fans. Um, distract, distractify notes that following the slandemic taco bell had a major plan in place to relaunch its breakfast menu once again in attempt to simplify things so how does um pistol pete davidson factor in well according to the publication davidson is a fan of taco bell and he also appeals to the demographic taco bell taco bell is going after the publication writes, Taco Bell is planning to run two 30-second ads featuring Saturday Night Live alum Pete Davidson that formally apologized for its past breakfast-related mistakes. Steve said that the partnership between them worked out because Pete was already a fan of the chain, um, shockingly, I know. And he also appeals to the younger audience that Taco Bell is hoping to reach with these spots. Now, despite the negative reviews, the ad campaign is doing exactly what it is what it's set out to do, and that's gain as much exposure as possible. At the very very least, 
fans are talking about the commercial, which is great for the brand. Um, advertisements don't always work out for Taco Bell. In fact, they were once sued by 50 Cent, who claims the fast food establishment used his name without permission. 50 Cent has sued Taco Bell, claiming the fast food restaurant chain is using his name without permission in advertising, advertising that asks him to call himself 99 cent billboard rights the rapper says in a federal lawsuit filed yesterday july 23rd that the mexican theme chain um that the mexican theme chain um features him in a print ad asking him to change his name to 79 cent 89 cent or 99 cent that was not going to work for him unfortunately that's not going to work for him <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so peter d raymond 50 cent 50 curtis jackson's um lawyer stated that the rapper was seeking four million dollars in damages from the ad campaign taco bell's ref spoke about the ordeal claiming they they tried to make a donation instead to 50 cents charity of choice um, we made a good faith charitable offer to 50 Cent to change his name to either 79, 89, or 99 Cent for one day by wrapping his order at a Taco Bell. And we should have been very pleased to make the $10,000 um, donation to the charity of his choice. Yeah, that was a messy situation to say the least yeah <laughs> wow that's a fucking mess man <laughs> oh man oh man oh man oh man oh man <laughs> oh man yeah speaking of a mess um speaking of a mess um we need to get to uh let's get to baby keen um all right let's get to baby keen um okay offset and baby keen had linked up for the former's um, upcoming single 54321. The Mingles member confirmed on social media that 54321, which which dropped on August 19th, was produced by none other than the PG Lang signing himself. The seven second seven second clip shared online his Quavo dropped the title and the song and the line um Louis V Coat pocket filled with blues earlier this may amidst the rumors of the meagles breaking up quaver previewed new music on instagram but did not reveal when fans can expect a follow-up to 2019's father of four um anyway um let's see yeah um anyway man let me see there's anything oh wait a minute here wait a minute here um drake and lebron james let's get to this man 
Um, so Drake and NBA superstar LeBron James are among a group of investors looking to purchase Italian soccer team AC Milan. According to the Financial Times, a deal for the prize Serie A team is expected to be completed shortly for approximately $1.2 billion being announced alongside U.S. private equity group Redbird. The New York Yankees franchise and Main Street Advisors, uh, a Los Angeles-based um, fund compromise of LeBron Drizzy and legendary music executive Jimmy Iovine, um, are partnering to um, complete the transaction. Drake is expected to be a passive investor in AC Milan, as are the rest of his high-profile teammates in on the deal. A formal announcement for the deal is expected as uh, Wednesday when the new investment group will seize power from owner U.S. hedge fund Elliott Management. Drake has a diverse investment portfolio but hasn't, de hasn't delved much into the sports world outside of being an official global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. Um, in the past, he poured money into sports media company, overtime tech company, Wealth, Wealth Simple, crypto firm MoonPay, and plant-based chicken company, Daring Foods Incorporated. I will never... Listen, man, I'm not going to be eating no plant-based chicken, man. Are you nuts? That's a no for me, man. <laughs> King James is no stranger to investing in sport te sports teams. Uh, he currently has stakes in the Boston Red Sox, Pittsburgh Penguins, and Liverpool um, FC. Um, AC Milan currently sits in third place in Italy's Serie A with eight points following the team's um, um, zero zero draw against um, Sassuolo on Tuesday. The, the Rossoneri were crowned Serie A champions last season, their first league title since 2011. As for everything else in Drake's world, the OVO boss made a pair of appearances on DJ Khaled's God Dead album with Staying Alive and No Secret. His OVO clothing brand recently unleashed a Hot Boys capsule saluting Lil Wayne's New Orleans-bred 90s group. Hot Boys released their second studio album, Guerrilla Warfare, in July 1999, and its blazing yet menacing cover art is a major part of the OVO capsule as it's plastered onto an array of t-shirts, um, shorts, and hoodies with fall fast approaching. Okay, another 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 um another news right here. Um, um, Glorilla, Gorilla, Glorilla, not Gorilla, but Glorilla. Okay, so Memphis rapper Glorilla has announced a new EP anyways, Life's, Life's Great, arrives November 11 via CMG Records and Interscope Records. It'll include her new Cardi B collaboration, Tomorrow 2, as well as recent single, Blessed. Of course, you can check out the cover artwork below. 
Glorilla broke through this year with the hit kid collaboration F and F. Let's go. She followed the single with another hit tomorrow. She played both of the songs at the 2022 BET Hip Hop Awards, which aired last night, uh, which was October 4th. Um, and and of course, at the BET Hip Hop Awards, Glorilla won Best Breakthrough Hip Hop Artist. She also she was also nominated for Song of the Year F and F. Let's go. Um, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, man. So congratulations to her, man. Um, yeah, let's make some noise. Let's make some noise for Glorilla for make for winning an award at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Okay. All right, um, let's see. Oh, one more topic that we got to talk about here. This one right here kind of threw me off here. <laughs> and this is this took place at 7-Eleven. Oh, my God. Hey, man, listen. This is, this is very unusual, and, and this is unheard of right here. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, is happening here, man. A California Seven Eleven employee had quite enough with quite enough of Winnie the the, the moocher and his hilarious foul mouth mouth battle with a shoplifting black bear was captured on video. Oh wow! Oh wow! It was just another over overnight shift on June 9th at the Olympic Valley franchise until a supersized sweet tooth. Lumbered through the sliding door, sliding doors at 1:30 a.m., looking for chocolate. Cashier Christopher Kinson proceeded to film the brazen bear glare, which repeatedly stormed his store to steal candy bars. Initially, I was surprised. I see the door open, and I don't see a torso. And I'm like, oh my god, it's a bear! <laughs> Kinson, age 54, told Jam Press, "The videos really don't do it justice. The bear was about 20% to 30% bigger in real life." Now the now viral footage shows the the thief pillaging a shelf full of sweet treats while kinson threatens i'll kick your ass or you'll kill me <laughs> oh man unfazed the bear keeps going as as kinson adamishes all right you had enough to eat let's go before eventually bursting into laughter over the absurd situation oh gosh <laughs> um then Finally fed up with Winnie's rampage, the, the cashier hollers, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here, you fuck. 
<laughs> wow, wow. Oh, wow, 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 wow. This is, this is so funny, man. Oh, my gosh. Kansas profane tirade initially appears to work as the bear leaves the premises with a mouthful of treats, but then returns moments later to, to resume its brazen shoplifting. Anybody ever tell you not to feed the bears when you go to the damn zoo? Are you... <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, dude, that's it. Get the fuck out. I'm locking the doors. You are a thief. Man, the frustrated clerk shouts desperately at a four-legged snack stealer. You got no business in here. Get out of here, bitch. I'm the alpha male. Out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Despite putting on a brave face, Kinson, who originally uh, hails from Wisconsin, admitted he was on high alert during each hairy incident. I was, I always kept my distance and I had the back door near me so I could escape if it charged me. The not too traumatized, Clark said. I was scared initially, but they just want to eat. You always have to be careful, though. We don't know how exactly they are thinking. However, he said he found it funny <laughs> that the Bruin would um, pilfer only a couple of treats at a time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> this is so funny, man. <laughs> a bear. Oh, man. I can't believe a bear would actually do this shit, though, man. You know, bears don't have money, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and this was not this was not one of those average bears, man. And I'm not talking about Yogi Bear either, man, folks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> This is too funny. This story is so funny to me, man. I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. So I always kept my distance and I had the back door near me so I could keep so I could escape if it charged me. The not too traumatized Kirk said, I was scared initially, but they just want to eat you always have to be careful though we don't know how exactly they are thinking however he said he found it funny that the bruin would pilfer only a couple of treats at a time as if trying to be polite it it's like it was purposely polite to take one candy bar at a time it's almost like it had manners muse kinson <laughs> oh all told Smokey raided the store multiple times, but once got it got the food that it wanted, it scooted right out the door after about 30 minutes, Kenson said. Whereupon the cashier took the opportunity to block the door. You don't want to become their source of food, explained Kenson, who, who improvised a look using a broom and garbage bags. At the end of the clip, the bear can 
can be seen throwing his body against the lot door like the authorities <laughs> trying to get John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> oh man, from in the Blues Brothers. Oh wow. Meanwhile, this isn't the first time a bear had has invaded a 7-Eleven in search of a nocturnal notch. Oh, man, come on. In November, a black bear was filmed strolling into one of the convenience stores, also located in, in the Lippid Valley, whereupon he used the hand sanitizer station. <laughs> oh, my Lord, that's funny, man. Oh, my Lord, that's funny. <laughs> oh man that's funny right there man wow all right all right so let's get into okay let's get into um let's get into let's get into the other topic in regards to jamie fox's uh movie that's up in limbo um and a little thing that i like to call hold on a second and a little thing that i like to call the movie man cave popcorn segment. All right, so let's get into this right about now. Okay, according to Game Rant, Jamie Foxx currently stars in Netflix's Day Shift, but he recently reflected on his unreleased film titled All-Star Weekend, which featured a roster of A-list talent like Robert Downey Jr. During a recent interview with uh, Cinema Blanche, Foxx discussed his unreleased 2016 comedy film, All-Star Weekend, which also includes big names like Jeremy Piven, Benicio Del Toro, Gerard Butler, and Eva Longoria. Fox stated that his unreleased film, All-Star Weekend, has yet to be released to, um, hold on a minute, released to the public due to the public state of comedy. Um, the film followed Fox and Piven as two best friends who have just one tickets to an NBA All-Star game. The pair road trip to Los Angeles to see the game, and along the way, they are met by many interesting characters. Some characters include Danny Jr., who portrays a Mexican man, while one of Fox's many roles is reportedly a racist white cop. Um, it's been tough with the lay of the land when it comes to comedy, Fox said. With regard to when the film will be released, Fox said, we're trying to break open the sensitive corners where people go back to laughing again. We hope to keep them laughing and run them right into All-Star Weekend because we were definitely going for it. Um... Fox has stood behind his decision to cast Donnie Jr. as a Mexican man, recalling he when he played a black man in the hit comedy um, Tropic Thunder, saying that Donnie Jr. had killed that. Although when many look back on the role, it doesn't make them too happy and many are even offended by it. Considering that Donnie Jr. was dressed in, in blackface and the casting directors of Tropic Thunder could have bought 
in an actor of color to portray the role instead of casting Downey Jr., who is the opposite. So Fox's choice to have Downey Jr. portray a person of color would definitely receive major backlash if the film is ever released. Oh, jeez. The entertainment business has made considerable strides when it comes to inclusive inclusivity and sensitivity in the stories it chooses to tell hollywood is finally aligned actors of color the lgbtq plus community and other and people of different economic statuses to appear on the screen and tell very raw truthful stories that audiences can see themselves in so maybe it's for the best that all-star weekend remains unreleased considering all it may do is hinder the growth and strides made in Hollywood over the past few decades. Oh, gosh. Of course, Day Shift is on Netflix right now, so you go check that out right now. And, uh, no, this has been a long time. Um, so, so Saw is making a, so there's going to be a 10th movie, um, for Saw. So Saw's, 10th installment has officially has an official release date and fans are going to be waiting quite a while yet and this is from digitalspy.com the brand new sequel was um confirmed following the success of darren boozman's reboot spiral from the book of saw now according to blood bloody disgusting the latest addition to the freaky franchise is due to hit cinemas on october 27 2023 which is next year for the time being lions lions gate and twisted pictures have been keeping the film's title plot and characters a well-kept secret however it has been revealed that the secret will see kevin um grutart reclaim his position as director um Grutart can easily be classified as a Saw veteran. He previously directed the 2009 um, Saw 6 movie. 2010's Saw the Final Chapter, um, plus Jezebel and Jackals, uh, Wilts also editing Saw 1, 2, 5, and Jigsaw. This Mark Berg and Oren Coles have teased that the new movie has been influenced by fans and will reflect some of their requests. Although what these may be being um, kept on the reps for now too. We have been listening to what the fans want, what the fans have been asking for and are hard at work planning a movie that saw aficionados and horror fans alike will love. Of course, more details will be revealed soon they told the publication so um and uh you know in the meantime in the meantime um in the meantime the path entertainment group have been collaborating with lionsgate and twisted pictures to bring saw to life for a scary immersive escape room experience for fans the pop-up will kick off in London from October 27th with tickets already on sale at um at um 34 per person. And Spiral from the Book of Saw is available to stream now on Netflix UK for the people that's in the UK out there. 
Um, so let's see. Let's see, man. And a little side note here, a little side note here about boys to men. I'm sorry about that. I forgot about that one right there. Um, a little side note about boys to men. Let me just get to, okay. All right. So a little side note here real quick. Um, when boys to men her, first heard their signature smash end of the road, they weren't all in coolly high harmony about the song. In fact, the demo song by writer and producer Babyface fell, fell flat with one member of the Grammy winning group. Nate Morris didn't like it at first. He was just saying, uh, it's all right. Boys to men's Sean Stockman told the post. And we were like, man, you are crazy. It's better than all right. We gonna do this record. And the rest was truly history 30 years ago. At the end of the road, ascended to number one on the on the Billboard Hot 100 on August 15, 1992. It remained atop the chart for 13 consecutive weeks, breaking the long-standing record held by Elvis Presley's Hound Dog Don't Be Cruel single. Indeed, it was an endless road for the old, the old school soul ballad. <laughs> Ultimately, leading Boys to Men's debut album, Cooley High Harmony, to go nine times platinum. The, ti the Titanic tune was also one of the hits featured on the all star soundtrack of Eddie Murphy's classic romantic comedy, Boomerang. Babyface, who wrote and produced much of the soundtrack with his end of the road collaborators, L.A. Reid and Daryl Simmons, took inspiration from the movie. I had to write a song for a scene, said Babyface, but Reggie Hudlin, the director, ultimately used it somewhere else in the film. Babyface has such a special feeling about the song. He almost couldn't let go of it. I went like, wow. I almost want to keep it, keep this for myself. But the singer and hit maker for everyone from Whitney Houston and TLC to Madonna and Mary J. Blige thought that the four-part harmonies of Boys to Men, then a quartet, now a trio, would take end of the road to the perfect place. It had this Motown Philly kind of sound, that old school kind of sound he said. Um, yeah. At the time, Boys to Men were riding high on the breakout success of Cooley High Harmony, which did not feature End of the Road when it was originally released in April 1991. But the Philly group's then manager Michael Bev Bivens of New Edition and Bell Biv DeVolfane thought that the song could take them to an even even higher level when he played the demo for them at his home the boys were in the middle of a tour with mc hammer when they made a quick trip back to philadelphia to record end of the road we we really ha only had one day to get it done said morris adding that they didn't have time to fan out upon first meeting babyface at the studio we just wanted to knock 
out the song. So we were definitely turning our focus to that. But we got a chance to work with Babyface for the first time, so it was great. About five hours later, the magic was made, and 13 weeks after End of the World first hit number one, a record was broken. Uh, Boys to Men were once again on tour when they found out the history making news about the song. When found out about uh, found out that it broke Elvis' record, we were in London about to perform "Record Stockman," and we were so beat and so tired that when they told us, we were like, "Oh, cool!" The record would then be broken again in 1993 by Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You," which was number one for 14 weeks before. And tied it with another babyface ballad, I'll Make Love to You in 1994. Then, One Sweet Day, Boyz II Men's 1995 collaboration with Mariah Carey um, broke the record yet again in 1996 after its 16-week reign. And now the record is owned by Lil Nas X's Old Town Road, which ruled the singles chart for 19 weeks in 2019. Still, it comes to timeless classics. End of the Road beats Old Town Road, even though it's hard for Babyface to play favorites among his many hits. It holds a special place in my in his heart. It's at the top of the list for sure, said Babyface, who is releasing Girls' Night Out, an album of collaborations with female artists, female R&B artists, rather, in October. Um, you know, still... I'll, it'll stay there. And End of the Road remains a staple of every single Boys to Men concert. If you don't do it, we're going to get booed, said Morris. You can't ask for anything more from a song at a stopman. It's developed an Im- immortality. We, we want to have those types of records that will outlive us. Yeah, congratulations, man. You know what I mean? Congratulations, man. You know what I'm saying? Um uh let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um congratulations right now. Um let me um I don't know what the hell's going on here. Hold on. I can't really talk right now. I'm I'm actually uh Anyway, man, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for um episode one ninety four, man. You like what you heard? Of course, you're more than welcome to make a charitable donation to my cash app, which is dial sign um G Money Stacks five fifty five. Um, that's capital G lowercase M O N E Y capital S lowercase T lowercase T A C K Z. And of course, and of course, you don't have to have a lot of money to show more support. It's all about doing the best you can on whatever amount of money you decide to do. Um, that's comfortable will be appreciated. And of course, I would go to um I'm gonna go to the last segment. I don't know what my mother's um you know hitting me up for, but um anyway, man, let's get to stream choices on the go real quick. Of course, you like what you heard, please show. Your love by following off the meat rack chains New York podcast on Instagram, alongside with my other two shows, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and alongside with 
uh, myself, which is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Uh, turn on your notifications, and I will go over the um, the audio streaming platforms on the go. In case you miss any episodes whatsoever, I will gladly go over it. If you go to the link in bio where it says G Money um, Link Tree, G Money Stacks 555. Um, it's gonna have a whole list of audio streaming platforms on there where it says Anchor, Audacity, Audible, Audio Burst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, and Pocket Cast, Pod Bay, Pod Friend, Pod Opolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Attic, Pod Chaser, um, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and alongside with um leaving a five-star rating on Podchaser, Podfriend, and Spotify as well. Um, and, of course, you can listen to Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast on Radio Public alongside with iHeartRadio, um, the number one app for music, radio, and podcast. And, of course, make sure you make sure you follow my other two shows over there that's also on iHeartRadio, which is um, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, the sports edition show. And, of course, Follow Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show on there as well. So listen, um, last but not least, YouTube. Make sure you grab that subscribe button for me and click on that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream in terms of the times of the recording. And in case you miss any episodes whatsoever, you can go to the YouTube channel page of G Money Stacks 555. Where all the New York episodes is on there, and of course, and of course, leave a like and a comment along with the episodes, with the topics that's being discussed, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, uh, whatsoever, and um, and of course, make sure you listen, stream, and watch these episodes so you can catch up. Um, make sure you tell a friend to another friend, share the videos, share the episodes. And, of course, be sure to share the podcast along with the link that says Linktree slash GMoneySex555 with your husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, and, al- and along with your friends and the people that you're cool with from work and all that great stuff right there. Um, And, of course, by the way, you can leave a voice message in case you have any um, thoughts, questions, topic ideas, whatever. Um. And that's going to do it for me, man. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me on episode 194, NYC 24-7. And, of course, um, be sure to, um, you know, remember that the grind doesn't stop. New York wasn't built in a day. If you want something, you have to earn it. And um, also... Find something that makes you happy and clicks to you um, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And, of course, um, be on your P's and Q's. And, and of course, um, another way that gets you going, that gets you into your zone with some tunnel vision. And, of course, follow your dreams, follow your goals and dreams, and get in the zone, get in your zone. On a consistent consistency basis, find your voice, be you, and all that great stuff right there. And of course, that's gonna do it for me. I'm off this shit. Um, I'm out of here. Thank you very much for listening. 
rocking with me. And I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. Peace and one love and good night, folks. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics. Share the videos. Download your favorite episodes. Rate. Spread the word to a friend to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services include Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love. <laughs>